Hey, welcome to the Trapital Podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Trapital, Dan Runcy. Today's podcast is a special one. And I know I've said that before, but I really mean it about this one. I had a really good conversation with Jamal Henderson, who is the chief content officer of the Spring Hill Company, an entertainment and production company founded by LeBron James and Maverick Carter. I've been trying to get Jamal on the pod for a minute now. And he normally doesn't do these, but the timing of this worked out well because Space Jam, A New Legacy is out in theaters. This is the sequel to the original Space Jam movie that had starred Michael Jordan in the 90s. And Jamal and I talk about what it's like to get a movie like this off the ground and all of the work that goes into it, but also all of the changes that have happened in the entertainment landscape. There's a lot that's changed post-pandemic. The box office and the movie theater industry is completely different. Streaming is different, too. We talk about those decisions, but we also talk about what it's like to push a movie and get a movie like this to have the distribution and reach it does and some of the branding partnerships that Spring Hill has made and that Jamal has made happen. Jamal Henderson here, Chief Content Officer at Spring Hill, and today's the day, finally here. Space Jam is out in theaters. I'm sure you must be relieved, but you also must be excited too. How you feeling? Feeling good, man. Feeling great, man. We got a, an amazing movie for everybody. And yeah, I'm definitely, definitely excited for folks to check it out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's go, go buy two, three, four tickets, you know? Let's get it. It must be a bit weird too because you had this whole thing planned last year because you expected to come out in 2020 then things move and with so many changes happening with streaming there's been so much up in the air but i do feel like between you and some of the other movies that have recently came out you're in a chance to make a statement about what this industry is going to be like what movie going experiences are going to be like too yeah, well, I mean, one correction, we were always going to come out in 21, actually. So some some of the other movies actually have moved into our space, but mm. we were always coming out in 21. We filmed it in the summer of 2019, but because of like, which you'll, you know, which everyone's going to see soon, all the high level animation and VFX, it was always going to take time. So in a weird way, the pandemic didn't really stop the flow at all because, you know, all those folks were working remotely and on Zoom, like we've all come to learn uh is very effective yeah so it was always a way you know a long way and i know people are chomping at the bit but we're here and i feel like yeah even though there were some movies that did get postponed i feel like overall though the summer isn't that busy from a blockbuster perspective i feel like if this was let's say this would have been the normal 2021 there would have been a big one last weekend there would have been a big one the following weekend but Fast Nine, A Quiet Place, and you all. Those are the, I guess you want to count the King Kong movie. Those are the blockbusters we have for 2021. Yeah, no, I mean, look, we, we feel really good about, you know, our place in the market. You know, we're a global movie, a family movie, a hoops movie, you know, about gaming. You know, it, it's a four-quadrant movie with a lot of action. And, you know, and it's also a beloved title, right? I mean, 25 years later, we're back with Space Jam, A New Legacy. So, yeah, we feel great about it. The music, the fashion, the corporate partners, you know, which I'm sure we'll get into because, you know, I'm a big fan of this podcast and what you dig into. Like, I think it's a, you know, it's a bonanza. It's one of those few, you know, pop culture moments where I think we can really tap into the culture and really get everybody out. So that's what we're so excited about. It's really like, you know, just 
a real big case study for the Spring Hill company and kind of like what we've been building towards, you know, with, with regard to all our projects. Mm. And you mentioned the brand projects. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it's been working with that piece of it, pushing the movie? Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's funny because it's like, you know, I'm at, you know, more comfortable with that than some of the other movie marketing elements that, that have been different. But um, yeah, you know, we have great partners and, and Warner Brothers has been amazing too in terms of just like collaboration, you know, but a big plot point in the movie is around gaming. I won't, no spoilers here. And so we've got Microsoft, you know, Xbox, which is a big partner. And we were able to run, you know, an amazing promotion where, you know, where folks were able to build their own video games and Dom, uh, you know, LeBron's son in the movie, he's a gamer and he's a guy who's building games and building worlds. So, you know, that that's, that's an exciting moment and a kind of a trend that's happening all around with Epic and all, all these cloud gaming sites. And so we got that going on. We also have Nike, a massive partnership, obviously with the LeBron business, but also with Converse too, and across Nike basketball. So you just see a lot, a lot of energy around the Nike from the Jersey to the sneakers, to the lifestyle gear, men's and women's just amazing, amazing collection that they put together. And then finally a McDonald's happy meal, which is like, the holy grail of movie marketing and what, you know, generally Disney and Marvel dominate that, but we were able to snag one of those. And, you know, it's just really, really dope as a father, you know, being able to go get the happy meal and have the toys, you know, for the kids is, although not always, you know, we got to get the apple slices, not the fries, damn, but the toys, <laughs> the toys are great, you know? And um, so, yeah, we've just an amazing, amazing partnership on that front too. So outside of partners that, you know, would have worked with LeBron or work with him currently, it's, it's really just a big partners working with the movie and the Looney Tunes and Warner Brothers. And so that's that's where it gets exciting. And I know that, you know, that also is is right up your alley too. But that's how we get the word out globally around this like big, big movie moment. That makes a lot of sense. The gaming piece, especially, you see everything that happened, whether it's Travis Scott and Fortnite and Roblox. So much of that makes sense for you all too. And I remember with one of the trailers, you're tapping into the HBO IP, you're tapping into the Warner Brothers IP and so much of that. Like, this is a tentpole and this is a tentpole in many ways bigger than the last Space Camp film that it came out. So it's good to see how you're exercising that and making that happen. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, the, you know, look, the world's changed, right? So we're able to do some things that they just weren't able to do at the time. At the time, they were on the cutting edge of it. I mean, they were taking a Super Bowl commercial and turning it into a film. And Mike was obviously Mike, you know, and now, you know, we're able to really highlight, you know, a black family in a big hybrid globally and talk about all the things we're able to talk about. Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, but it's really uniquely LeBron and it's really uniquely Spring Hill. And, you know, and I think that's the one thing people will take away from it is, you know, it's definitely right on time. It feels like the current moment. And that's what we're really proud of. It's aged very well because we made this two years ago. So, you know, the fact that it ages really well is exciting, but also just proves that we're, you know, on point, on brand and sort of, you know, on trend. That's good. Yeah, the aging piece is interesting because I do think that there's probably a lot of content that was made in 2019 that is sitting on that shelf because it just does not translate to this post-pandemic, post-Black Lives Matter uprisings that happened last year, any of that stuff. But a lot of that has already been on brand and who LeBron is. So it's a natural extension of that. For sure. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that for you all, especially with a movie like this, 
it's an interesting time in the streaming landscape because I know Warner Brothers had made that big deal with HBO Max when that Wonder Woman movie had came out. And then it became this decision point of, okay, are these movies going to go straight to streaming or are these movies going to go straight to the theaters? What were some of those discussions like? And were there any big decisions that or considerations you made? Obviously, the decision for this is that it's going straight to the theaters and there won't be simultaneous streaming option. But what was that decision like? And what were some of the thoughts that you had to make or decisions you had to make around that time? Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I think Warner Brothers did what was best for their business. You know, we're new to relatively new to the town. Right. Like, and so, you know, as a company, we're all about audiences. And so, you know, we consume streaming movies as well as go to the theater. We love the theater, but we also consume movies at home too. So, you know, the pandemic just accelerated what I think we all knew was happening. Right. And so, you know, for us, we're just excited to lead the way. I mean, we want to be producers, in the town for a long time. And that's going to take a mix of having movies that are streamers and movies that are, you know, in the theater. And, you know, what's exciting is this is going to reach way more people, you know, than it could ever do if it was one or the other, because it's, it's available in sort of both way. So we're excited about that. You know, globally, it's still only in theaters mostly. And here in the U S folks have an opportunity to watch on HBO max. So it wasn't really a decision point, you know, if anything, like, we want to just be leaders and show that like the business can survive this way, you know, as, as we sort of continue to mold and that for all intents and purposes, the movies are even bigger than they were before. So, you know, it's going to take time, but with safety and the way of the world, there really was no other option, you know, than to do it this way. And I think for you all, from a content perspective, Spring Hill has done so much direct streaming video, whether it was your work with Netflix, when you had that self-made with Octavia Spencer with the Madam C.J. Walker doc, which I thought was great, by the way, not the documentary, but the series. And I do think that, you know, being able to have that flexibility is what's going to make the difference. Obviously, you have the focus. And I think this era has shown that box office support can continue, but you're going to have it available to others as well. So I think that's the way to push it for sure. The piece I want to get your thoughts on, though, is the soundtrack, though. And I think the soundtrack (laughs) piece is key because I'm not the first person to say this. I don't think that the Space Jam movie itself, the first one, I think our nostalgic memory of it is often better than that movie was itself. But that soundtrack, I actually went back and listened to it a couple weeks ago. I was like, okay, for the most part, this thing still holds up. I got to imagine that must have been a point of like, okay, how do we live up to that level of what we were able to create with that last soundtrack? No, for sure, man. To be honest, a lot of people always ask me like, hey, man, were you worried about the pressure of making another Space Jam? And I was like, not really, not movie-wise, but soundtrack-wise, hell yeah. (laughs) I was was worried about that. But, you know, that's the good news is, you know, we have amazing partners on the film and Proximity Media, which is, you know, Ryan and Zinzi Kugler, you know, Sev Ohanian and Archie Davis. And a lot of people know Archie's work because of his time at Interscope and Black Panther. And now even more so with Judas and the Black Messiah. And he's the soundtrack guru right now. So he was heavily involved. We have a label partner in Republic. And, you know, LeBron himself is, a, as we know, A&R Bron. So we had the best ears in the game involved in this. So we've curated an amazing soundtrack and, you know, amazing lead singles with uh, Lil Baby and Kirk Franklin on We Win. And then also St. John and SZA on uh, one of my favorite records, Just For Me. And, and so 
you know, there's some bops on there. I'm excited, you know, for everybody to check that out. I think there'll definitely be some memes in a scoreboard uh, as we go, because that first soundtrack definitely had an eclectic sort of vibe from everything from Seal to, you know, what was it, 95 South and all those guys, you know, so it, it's a snapshot of a time. And, and that's what we tried to do. You know, we have everybody from the artists that are the big streamers to some classic artists, you know, just so that we even it out. But first and foremost, you know, Malcolm Lee, our director, really wanted music that like propels the story along. You know, it's not just like needle drops for needle drops sake. It's real, you know, music that's matching the moment in the film. And he's done that in all his films, you know, like the best man and in, in, in all his films, music has been a huge character. And then we also have a composer in Chris Bowers, who is second to none and, and, and obviously very, special so he added that element too and he's got that classical training but also that hip-hop ear so yeah i'm excited there's music everywhere wall to wall in the movie and it's like it's exciting so we'll see where we add up i'm I'm gonna let the, the critics like you dan weigh in on which one was better but i know which one i'm taking I'll definitely get my opinion and I'm excited to check it out. And I think overall soundtracks have been having a nice comeback for movies, especially you named Judas and the Black Messiah. There's a bunch of others because I felt that Space Jam also benefited from that time. The 90s was such a strong time for soundtracks thinking about whether it was Waiting to Exhale or The Bodyguard. Like there were so many iconic ones that I think were bigger than many of the actual albums that they had themselves. And I think we're starting to see a little bit more of that comeback. So I think we're in a good spot for that now and if i know anything about a and r Braun, he's gonna try to hit us with that deluxe two weeks later yeah we might have some bops we might have some things later you know this might be some remixes but yeah no i mean we're just super excited that the music is out in the world and you know that's the holy grail and really ryan like i said ryan and proximity media and archie those guys have set the tone with bringing the soundtrack back with their films like Panther and Judas. And, and that's really what we needed. And I think the labels are noticing that too. And, and the artists too, I think a lot of artists pulled up and really wanted to be a part of it because they knew it was going to be, you know, a moment. Definitely. Yeah. And I think the artist you got speaks for that itself. And I think overall for you all, the Spring Hill as a company, the past year plus has been pretty monumental. I know you've been with the company for a few years now, but it does feel like last year, especially when you got the $100 million worth of funding and were able to structure the company, that did set things off in a way where you're able to create the projects you're doing and have things really living the vision that you probably always had for this. How has that been at leading the company specifically through that and just seeing the changes that been both before the funding came through and now after with some of the things you're able to do? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really more of the same. I mean, we definitely were able to bring on some partners financially and really like merge three distinct different companies that we all had, right? So whether it be the robot company in New York, which is a consulting and sort of advisory business for, you know, sports and entertainment and, um, and culture, Uninterrupted, which was uh, an athlete empowerment business that was, you know, sort of uh, consumer facing business from everything from content to merch and, and all the things. And then the Spring Hill Entertainment Company, which was, you know, more of a traditional production company in television and film. And now all together, we're sort of like, you know, better together. And, you know, one plus one equals three, where we're able to like, you know, really, really just amplify things. So really just we're able to just pour gas on it and nothing's really changed. In terms of that, we all still talk and, and do a bunch of things together. But what we're able to bring to content, to clients, to partners is sort of like now it's just like, you know, superpower. Mm-hmm. 
And I do think that being able to superpower that has brought a lot of not just attention, but some of the projects and just seeing more of the brand in different places, right? Obviously, I think the shop getting on HBO and those series was a nice turning point, right? And I know LeBron has done some of the conversations that he's had, whether it's with I'm thinking about that Uber, right? Was like with guy uh, with KD or some oh, of the KD. other folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. like that stuff's cool, and I feel like those things like build to the point where not just that, but I know like that Fast Company article that was written. I think it's true. You do this is how you become the envy of Hollywood in a lot of ways because you're able to pull things. And I think at the end of the day, having a creator and a focus like LeBron at the center is what helps drive so much more of this. But it's not just him. It's you. It's Maverick. Everyone has a bit of a platform here. And that, I think, really is what the Hollywood model will look like overall for entertainment. Yeah, you nailed it, man. I mean, it, it really, the thing that we're pulling through everything is empowerment, where, you know, Disney kind of has happiness, right? Ours is empowerment. You know, everybody knows the story famously, you know, LeBron's empowered Maverick, right? To do his, what he does or Rich Paul to do what he does. And so, you know, I'm fortunate enough that Maverick's empowered me to sort of build this slate and build this business up. So, we do that now at the next level. So, like something, you know, like House Party, which we're shooting right now in LA. We have a Calmatic, who's a music video director. People know him from Old Town Road and early Kendrick videos. He's now, you know, making his first feature film with our new take on House Party, you know. And so that's what we're trying to do is just continue to empower a new generation of creator. It's not really different than what you're reading about with this all this creator economy, creator class. You know, that's exactly what we're doing here. We're putting it, you know, putting the ball in the hands of the creators, right? And so... It's the same thing. It's not an influencer all the time, but it is a creator. And so we just follow creatives. You know, all we're trying to do is be a lighthouse for those creatives to come and tell their stories and and for us to create businesses around them, create franchises around them, like the shop, which you mentioned, which we, you know, are able to do in a lot of different ways. And right now it's articulated, you know, on HBO, but you know, you might be able to wear the hoodie or you might be able to go to a shop in person. You know, maybe it becomes the next Supercuts. I don't know. You know what I mean? But there's so many, so many avenues for these brands. And, you know, my background is in marketing. So for me, it all makes a ton of sense. But, you know, in, in some places, it feels like a novel concept. So we'll, that's good for us that it feels new for folk, you know? <laughs> when are we going to see you in the shop, by the way? I feel like you'd have a lot to offer in those conversations. No, man, no. Nah. You know, I'm, I'm behind the scenes, man. I only do this for you, man. I'm food and beverage, Dan. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, the creator economy piece that you mentioned, I think is key because I even look at that as a bit of a flywheel, right? Because I think so much of this conversation is focused in many ways on folks like me who not necessarily, I don't want to say everyday person, but yes, this is what you can create if you are not just making a living, but you're making a platform for something that you're interested in. You have a skill set to be able to build on, but it also applies to people like Bron as well. This is someone who has reached the highest levels of sports entertainment, leveraging that brand to do the empowerment and by him maximizing his platform, getting the funding, getting these projects put out, he then can put on for other people to do the same. And that creates a cyclical cycle in that type of way. And I think that's pretty cool. And I don't know if that piece of the creator economy gets talked about as much. No, no, it doesn't. But you're, you know, you're going to see it right now, right? I mean, you know, 
obviously the recent news around name and likeness for college athletes is all the rage, right? So you're going to see it happen in real life. I think just in terms of folks like yourself who have, have a platform, have a, a niche that can be way bigger, you know? And so it's an exciting time. It's probably a little, you know, scary for gatekeepers and folks that wanted to stop that. But I think it's that this is the wave, this is the future. And so we want to embrace that, which is why, you know, we're all about empowerment. We're all about finding the next person up, the next amazing, you know, filmmaker. We just made a film about the Tulsa massacre called Dreamland for CNN that did very, very well for them. And it's directed by this amazing woman named Salima Karoma, who had been trying to tell that story for years. She did all the work. She had researched it. She had like all, everything was ready to go. She just didn't have anyone that would believe in it. And so, you know, that's effectively what we want to do is we just want to be one of those places to help empower that. Cause ultimately that's good business for us and it's good for Salim. And now she's on her way. Yeah. And I think that name and likeness piece that you had mentioned with the whole NCAA rule changing, that's spot on for all of you because Gavin Newsom had signed that law while he was on that episode of the shop. Yeah, and- yeah we feel we feel completely responding. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you know, it's funny. It goes even further than that. Like one of the first films I was lucky enough to produce was Mav and Steve Stout produced a, a film called Student Athlete for HBO. And so that kind of predated everything. You know, when, when, you know, everybody knew what we knew about the NCAA, but then, you know, now, yeah, we, Governor Newsom came on the shop and, you know, signed the bill. And now here we are fast forward to now where, you know, it's the wild, wild west, but it's exciting, you know, because I think, you know, you're now going to have the gymnast whose routine goes viral. Now you're going to see what, okay, what happens when the free market is able to engage with her? You know, what happens now? Because it's no different than the TikTok. And so for folks like you, I mean, it's going to be really exciting because I'm sure you're going to be breaking that down in an infographic somehow. But yeah, but it's great for those athletes. And, you know, right now you can be a musician in college at UCLA or USC and be making bread, but be on the basketball team and not be able to make bread, which doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. So now I think we're going to have a little bit of, you know, the evening of the scales, you know. Yeah, I think so too. This is something that so many people have been pushing for. Obviously, I think it works out well for you all. Of course, there's the business aspect, but no, this ties back to the empowerment. This is what you wanted to do. And although I know that there will be some grifter activity with something like this, it's always inevitable. But the more that folks like you and the brands like yours can continue to push that, the better off it'll be. So I'm excited. I was going to ask you if there were other areas that Spring Hill will probably enter in. And of course, I do think college is one of them with this, but are there any business areas that you haven't done yet? I mean, because I feel like from an entertainment perspective, you've clearly checked off that at the highest levels, but I'm sure there's so much more. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the next frontier for us, we're really excited about is audio, right? Like, podcasting. It's just another version of storytelling. And, you know, in in a lot of ways, it's cheaper development than video. And so we have some podcasts now, but we really want, you know, we're taking that to another level and we're building a whole slate around that to have our own network that we can drive and, you know, help our brand partners reach more audiences, but also, you know, just continue to like tell stories and, and create platforms where we might be able to adapt that into the next you know, self-made or the next film. So it just allows us to upstream creative ideas that we're excited about or articles or talent that we're excited about 
and work with them sort of at an earlier step in the process. So really, really excited about that and building that team. And, you know, you know that well, I mean, that business is super, super red hot and, and trying to figure out how we tap into that is really where I'm spending a lot of my time today. Yeah, the audio piece is such a smart move to double down on for you all. You've obviously been able to curate so many of those conversations and know how to do them well from a video perspective. So it's only natural there and easier to produce. Thinking more broadly about audio, though, I feel like the Spring Hill record label is only a matter of time, especially with A&R Braun. I know he's going to want to tap into something like that. Yeah, yeah, man. Look, I think there's a lot of opportunities. You know, we definitely are music. When I say audio, it could could mean that too. You know, Uh, there's a lot of opportunities in in music that we're excited about and live music, recorded music, podcasting, you know, definitely everywhere in audio we're excited about, you know, we've already done great partnerships with folks like Audible and Sirius and Pandora. We have active playlists uh, on there as well. So yeah, we love that business. In fact, on, on the audio side, we did a whole special for more than a vote, which is a you know concept around just getting more black voters out that was able to help, you know, turn states like Georgia out. So yeah, I, I think just, you know, traditional label stuff or albums, but also non-traditional things like, you know, like we were able to do with that special or maybe even comedy. I mean, I think it's endless in terms of what's possible on the audio side. And, you know, we have an amazing executive, you know, in place now we're building that team. So watch that space, Dan, you know, that's next. Definitely will. Definitely will. The other thing that I noticed Spring Hill gets hit up about a lot is people have seen what your company has done from a diversity perspective and using that as a voice for social justice as well. You have a very diverse staff, both from a gender and race perspective, but you're also using your platform. And I think it's great. But I also could imagine, though, with so many corporate executives and folks reaching out, on one hand, you're using your platform and doing it effectively. But on the other hand, part of you may be like, all right, this isn't that hard, y'all. You just have to have some intention behind it. But we're happy to tell you that if you want us to. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, it's something that we've been focused on long before, you know, last summer. And, you know, it's something that we care about and and we do it at every level, you know, like with the executive team, but also on all of our projects and all of our productions, we're really focused on diversity above and below the line. So not just the folks you see on camera, but, you know, as you know, typically you might look behind the camera and not see any folks of color or even uh, women on a set. And so that's a systemic problem that we're hoping to fix as well. And, you know, it just takes more and more projects more and more folks getting credits or getting opportunities to work on our projects. And then they get, you know, they can move up the ladder. So it's just another element of the empowerment we're about, but I'm glad you noticed that. I mean, it means the world, you know, to us to continue to grow those executives. And, you know, we have alumni already that are doing amazing things that have started at Spring Hill. And I think that's like the best calling card, you know, for talent to say they started their career with us. Yeah, because I think that's how people see that pipeline, right? It's like, okay, who are the people that are making moves here? How do they end up tying back to whatever they're doing at this company? And I think for you all too, Spring Hill sits in this place where from the talent and from the people that are working either behind the camera or behind the scenes, the people that you have in power that are put in power positions are clearly there 
some of them, you know, had their relationships and friendships with Braun before, and then they were put in those positions. And then others, of course, were able to follow suit. But it does seem like having that strong direction and intention up front speaks to, yes, this is how you build these things because it started from the beginning origin parts of the company. And I could imagine that for some of the people reaching out, that part of it may actually be difficult because they're trying to change things in the like seventh inning or the eighth inning. And it's like, no, we've been this way from the jump. So that's why so much of it is ingrained and not that culture is impossible to change over time. But when some of these blue chip companies that have been around before either of us were even born are calling, I can imagine it's like, okay, well, how much do you want to change things? Because it's possible, but it's going to take a lot of work and it's work you should be doing, but just FYI. That's right. hundred percent. And really all that, you know, all credit goes to LeBron and Mav because they set the tone and it is a mission driven company. And, you know, Spring Hill is literally named after the, you know, housing of projects that, you know, they met at and LeBron used to live in and uninterrupted was a clear, you know, sort of outgrowth of him trying to speak to folks uninterrupted and directly, right. When he was coming back to Cleveland. So all of it is real and ties in, you know, there's nothing like fabricated around it. And you're totally right. Like if you're a mature business trying to change in the seventh inning, that's, that's going to be really hard to do. So it has to be ingrained from the jump and it has to be just a part of the culture. And and that's what we've tried to do here is just like continue to grow that energy and that culture with everybody that joins. And, you know, we've been really fortunate. We just have a great amount of young people that want to be involved. And now if you're a young person in college or whatever, you're seeking out Spring Hill, you know, it exists. And that's even better because we're going to create more Spring Hills. There's going to be other folks that create that culture and that world and that environment. So that's the secret sauce right there. You nailed it. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So we did talk a lot about Space Jam. You also mentioned House Party too. Any other upcoming projects that you can give us a sneak peek on? Oh man, that's hard. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we we got a couple really amazing projects. You know, a documentary with Naomi Osaka that's directed by Garrett Bradley. A project with uh, Neymar Jr. Both of those are in Netflix that they're just amazing access, amazing stories, amazing characters, and really, really proud of those. And then we're doing these really cool specials called Recipe for Change with YouTube that I'm really excited about. The first one was around Asian American hate and stopping that. And the next one are going to be about other projects, but basically just dinner parties where people are having real conversations about, you know, change. And then, you know, with folks of the culture, but also allies too. Because I think that's the biggest part, right? Like people like to talk about it, but then it's like, how do we make a plan to, to make change? And so we're really excited about that, doing, doing things that are a little bit out of the comfort zone people might not expect from us. That's my favorite thing to do is surprise surprise folks. So you'll, you'll see some more stuff like that that might be, you know, might feel a little bit different, but we're really excited. You know, we have another project with Robin Roberts actually on Disney Plus called Turning the Tables with Robin Roberts. And it's just an amazing project where she talks to women. She admires women who admire her and it gets super emotional, but super educational. So, you know, we just continue to push the lens and work with folks that we admire and talent that we want to continue to work with. And you mentioned that you like to do things that surprise people and you have a few of those things upcoming. What are some of the projects that you've done so far that you feel like have kept people on their toes or maybe people would be like, oh, wow, Spring Hill did this. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I mean, I think two to come to mind are actually both our scripted projects. So I'd say Top Boy, you know, which is a project that Drake bought us actually, Drake and Future. 
uh, Future the Prince brought us. And I had no idea about the show. And I just binged it all. It was all on YouTube illegally at the time. And I watched it all one night. And I told Matt, I was like, man, we got to do this. This is, this is crazy. It was a part of London people don't talk about. You know what I mean? It's always the same downtown Abbey, you know, crown energy. Uh, you'll appreciate it. It wasn't since SAS and diplomats that I had, you know, felt like I was like, oh, wow, London is London's different. It's just like, you know, just like the U.S. in terms of you know parts of the city. So I really connected with it. And, you know, once you get around the language and the lingo, it's exciting. It's, it's all the same. So we're excited that, you know, we're deep into that show. It's been bath denominated. I don't, I don't know if people know we're involved in it or they would expect that we would be in that London you know, grind type of show. And then self-made, which you called out before, you know, which is a project that we're super, super proud of and won multiple image awards, but you know, it's a female entrepreneur and it's black excellence. And, you know, we're all about entrepreneurship and we're all about black excellence. And it was a project that we chased hard and wanted to be involved in. And, you know, Octavia has become a friend and just an amazing, amazing actress, obviously, but also someone we're going to continue to work with. So those are the two that come to mind that I think people are, you know, just not as familiar with expect that maybe we only do sports or, you know, we only do social justice or what have you, but those are two that I'm excited about. And I'm excited about the next season of Top Boy too, uh, which is coming up fast. And, and I, I'm excited for people to see where we're at with that story as well. Yeah, I think Top Boy was a bit of a surprise for people just because, well, a few things. One, when the headlines came out, people were like, what, Drake picked this up? Oh, Spring Hill picked this up too? And this has been around since 2011 or whenever the first season came out. So there was a lot of like, wait, what is this? So I think that was good that you all did that. And that's the type of thing that just widens the scope for you all. And you're releasing global content and this is how you do it and extend it. And I I know we talked about self-made, but that definitely felt spot on for you all. Different because I do think that a lot of the content so far, although it does cover a pretty wide space, I think a lot of it may lean itself to being a bit more male-oriented things, at least up to this point. So that was a nice departure from that and a story that a lot of people probably didn't know about. And when I say a lot of people, maybe a lot of people that are in the Netflix audience that may be like, oh, hmm, I've heard this name in school before. Let me figure out more. I think, you know, folks like us knew a little bit more, but, you know, obviously there's some strategy in the streaming platforms that you choose to partner with to put things out for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Sure. Well, this is dope, man. Jamal, man, I'm glad you came on. Glad we did this. I know you plugged things, but if people want to follow along with you specifically, or if things that are happening or coming from Spring Hill, where should they go? What should they follow? Definitely follow at the Spring Hill Co. Definitely follow Uninterrupted, and definitely, definitely go buy a ticket. Space Jam: A New Legacy in theaters right this second. So um, that's the play right there. And the soundtrack, too. I'll definitely run it up on that soundtrack. Definitely run it up on that soundtrack. Yeah, super excited for all those things. And yeah, man, thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Big fan of what you got going on, man. And uh, hope to see you soon, brother. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share it with a friend. Copy the link, text it to a friend, post it in your group chat, post it in your Slack groups, wherever you and your people talk, spread the word. That's how Trapolo continues to grow and continues to reach the right people. And while you're at it, if you use Apple Podcasts, go ahead, rate the podcast, give it a high rating and leave a review. Tell people why you like the podcast. That helps more people discover the show. Thank you in advance. Talk to you next week. Thank you.